with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So uh, today I woke up with this idea for a show. And uh, I'm glad you guys are here, Sean and uh, Scott Salmet. I want to call it uh, Identity Crisis because um, I've just been thinking lately because, you know, I'm writing a book and, and, and I'm going to be talking about it in a chapter called Identity Crisis. And as I've been searching deep internally of what was going on in my life uh, when I gave my life to God, and um, you know, I, I hit this identity crisis because I was working in the skateboard industry and uh, music industry, and then I give my life to God, and next thing you know, um, there was that whole transformation that was happening. You know, in Galatians, it talks about the work of the, the flesh and the work of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone, when they come out of the world, when you're not a believer, and all of a sudden you believe in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, he sends the Holy Spirit, and he fills you, and there's this uh, sanctification process, this transformation process starts, that starts happening in your heart and in your mind. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be kind of uncomfortable at the beginning because you're used to living a certain way, acting a certain way, being a part of uh, watching certain movies, certain music, um, certain jokes, mm-hmm. um, in certain environments. When I say certain, I'm just talking about these um, secular environments and um, the way you've always carried your life. Yeah. But then you give your life to God and he sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and sin, they don't, they don't mix. Yeah. And I believe that's where the identity crisis happens. And I, just looking at different Christians, or not only myself, we're going to talk about your guys' stories as well, in your guys' identity crisis, but there's, there's people that are listening right now that are in the middle of an identity crisis, and I believe it happens right when you give your life to mm-hmm. God. It's that first year maybe first two years just depending how how much you're progressing in your relationship how deep you're going with god and how much he's revealing to you he can only reveal so much depending on how much you go deep with him so like if you give your life to god you can end up in an identity crisis for 20 years if you never press in and start reading the word of god because the word of god is what changes us and you brings revelation to our life right So with that said, um, as I look at, uh, you know, we've had a friend recently that, you know, he gave his life to God and he was been a Christian for probably like, from what I know, at least like 10 years. And he never left that identity crisis. He just couldn't get comfortable in his own skin in a sense of being a Christian, but then warring with the things of the flesh. It's like almost like he didn't know how to act and be Mm -hmm. uh, like maybe he didn't feel like he was good enough as a Christian, or maybe he felt like the things of the world were haunting him too much, or I don't know what it is, but I'm going to just talk about my personal experience, um, what I went through when I gave my life to God. So I give my life to God. I'm still going skating. I'm still surfing. I'm still with my friends that are still smoking and drinking on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm still involved with going to different concerts, different music. My music selections all the same music I'm listening to. But then what was going on at that time is I'd be in these environments. <clears throat> just to be clear, I'm not smoking. I'm not drinking. I'm not using drugs. You know what I mean? I'm not doing these things. But now I'm in these environments 
where I'm with my friends and there's still like dirty jokes happening and I'm in the middle of the room with everyone and you know they're happening and before I would laugh at it and and I did kind of want to laugh at it because my mind's still the way it was when I first gave my life to God because this is a brand new relationship for me and but then on the other side I have the Holy Spirit still in the room it's like the cartoon you got the devil on one side yeah. of your shoulder and you got the angel on the other yeah. side that's basically the identity crisis visually right so what's going on is I'm, I'm like one side of me wants to laugh but then I have the Holy Spirit doing the work in me going like yeah that's actually a dirty joke you shouldn't laugh at that so then that's where I, you find yourself kind of in, in a comfortable situation right. where your friends are looking at you like you're going <laughs> to laugh, but then you're trying to hold a straight face and you just, you find yourself in this really weird kind of uh, uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. because you're like, I should be laughing because it's a funny, dirty joke, but then the Holy Spirit's working and you're like, no, I represent the King now, Jesus. Right. So if I laugh, then I'm going to be a bad witness. And there's, I think there's a lot of pressure yeah. right there. Yeah. And I want, I want you guys to kind of speak into that because there are people right now that are going through these situations. Mm-hmm. And just like what I just said, I think there's just a lot of pressure there. How can one navigate through this situation at the beginning? You know, I, when you were talking, I was, a couple things going through my mind because one of my biggest... Um, maybe hurdles or my resistance to the Christian faith was before I became a Christian mm. was I thought that I remember, I remember having this conversation with this girl that I was hanging out with at a restaurant I was working at. She was a Christian. Mm. We, we just had a cool relationship. Sometimes we'd hang out. And I remember like driving in her car and she was playing like maybe it was like Switchfoot or one of those bands. And I was just like, what is this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was whack. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, let me let me take over. And like, I remember putting a CD in and it was like ludicrous, you know, yeah, like what I'm yeah. listening to at the time. Yeah. And they're just like not digging it. You know, obviously it's all vulgar and everything. Yeah. And, and wait, did you wait? Did you say you were already a Christian at this point? No, I wasn't a oh, Christian. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. wasn't walking with God this time. But this, I bring that up because yeah. of this. My perception of what Christian Christianity was. Yeah. Um, took it out, and then she, we were talking about like, oh, the, there's some Christian band, the, the the band she was listening to. I was like, ah, you know, you know, Christians are cool. I, I have I have friends, but my problem is. I feel like when you become a Christian, you lose your own individuality. And I like who I am, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, just my persona, basically. And I remember just saying that, and it's always stuck with me as the years gone by. I came to be a Christian years later after I was broken. I came to the Lord, and as Ryan said, it's like we grew up with a crew of friends that we were partiers, like, you know, loudmouth, smart aleck, you know, every other thing, a curse word, just like anybody, like, kind of in the world always drinking and conversations, going to the bars, meeting up with the guys, talking trash. And that was just your lifestyle. Mm. And so when I came to the Lord, none of my my um, friends were walking with God at all. Like I was in this place, brokenness, like strung out on meth. I couldn't get out of it. Then God gets a hold of my life, changes me. Now I have a desire to go to church, which is crazy in itself. Mm. Like my good friend Manny, all these guys are saying like, you're going to church now? Like why? Like don't get it oh some now you're some holy roller like oh brother sean all this kind of, <laughs> kind of stuff you know that's a good ring to the main thing they don't want me to leave they don't want me to leave you know i've had a couple of the close friends of mine like man i i i want you to be here at the bar i want you to hang out man i miss the old sean and all, all that kind of aspect 
I knew that God was going to work in my life. And the naked streaker, Sean? Uh, yeah, that one. That <laughs> Halloween? One. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy no more. I miss that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when I came to the Lord, and now my, I made a purpose for this. When I came to the Lord, it was legit. It was radical. It was life-changing, you know? And all the friends that I grew up with, though we were party friends, and there's some people that have, like, friends they just do drugs with, and then, then they don't hang out. Yeah. That wasn't the case with a lot of our friends. Like, no. Like a, there's, like, a brotherhood. Yeah. Like, you've known these guys since, like, you were, like, in early in high school, some from junior high school. And so you can't just cut off that crew that you're invested in. Not yeah. only is that bad for you, it's also bad for them. They're like, dude, well, this guy's just going to leave me out to dry. Like, we've been through, like, wars together. Yeah. And uh, I made a purpose, like, when I came here. Like, I wanted to know God's word. I thought, I knew it was real. Heaven and hell are real. Mm -hmm. And I want my friends in heaven. I know my friends, just like me, though mm -hmm. we were life of the party at times and having a good time, we were messed up. So I can't just cut them off. So I would purposely, like, go hang out with them, like, go out to lunch with them. Um, in the beginning, like, they were hanging out at the bar, they were hanging at a restaurant. I would go meet up with them and just hang. Yeah. And, like, when God told me to leave, leave. Same thing, like, vulgar jokes, all that kind of stuff. I, was, I would just roll with it, you mm -hmm. know, in, in the beginning. Like, um, and I never really felt awkward too much, you know. Um, I just had such a clear focus of, like, I was just there for a moment of just, like, being an influence. Um but there are things you talk about the sanctification process, like what starts changing. It's a crazy dynamic, then. Music was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell the story is like, I loved, you know, I loved old rock music, you know, at, you know, all the classic, all rock. the classic rock, all stuff. We loved the Beastie Boys, but I loved like gang. I loved Ice Cube. Like yeah. I would always have Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted, yeah. in my car all the time. I could recite that easy <laughs> E and W. I could recite that probably still today. Um, but I remember listening to it, and now it's not vibing with what's going on in my heart, you know? So it would just be a process of those things are kind of taking, like, a back seat. And the worship, being into worship and, like, listening to, like, yeah. girls sing with these soft voices, like, it was kind of a hard transition. Um, it was necessary because I, I saw the importance of it. But it was a process of, like, where you're trying to find yourself, like, in the Lord. So you're talking about identity crisis. Like, yeah. Like, how can I you know, be who I am, mm -hmm. be who God's made me, and also not be like this guy where I feel like I got to change this about myself. Like, I, now I got to wear docker pants, yeah. <laughs> you know? Now I got to, you know, comb my hair a certain way and all that kind of stuff. I, I want to add to that, and I'm going to let you uh, go for it, I Scott. I don't have any docker pants, sorry. <laughs> Those are dockers you're wearing right now. No, sorry. Khaki dockers. <laughs> so, okay, so with that said, I mean, I can't tell you how many different uh, uh, times around the world people will come up to me and said, Man, I wish the whosoever's movement existed when I got saved. There was nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Why do they say that? Because they, they were the ones that they gave their life to God, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, I don't know where it came from, from the pastor, from the church, or from people around them, or their audience, or you know whoever they're around, but it came from somewhere basically saying, okay, well, now that you're a Christian, you're not going to go to concerts anymore. You know, no more secular music. Right. Uh, you can't listen to this these styles of music. Basically, cut your hair. Yeah. You know, change the way you dress. Don't wear concert tees. You know, don't look like this. Clean up your act. Wear a button-up or whatever. And that's basically, the, I can't tell you how many times this has happened over and over to people. And what happens is people lose 
their identity and they become institutionalized and become it, and the identity crisis basically happens. Mm. And I say that to say this because what happens is during that process is back to what you were saying is God creates us talked about in the Bible. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knit us together. He designed us as individuals. There's only ever going to be one of you on this planet. And we all have a specific mission and purpose. Why we're here of things that he wants us to do yeah. while we're on planet earth. And he also gives us desires, those desires and those talents and gifts for those purposes. So here's here's a perfect example, and you, I'm gonna let you talk into it because you actually work, Scott Salamat, you work actually amazing in the way God designed you for what you're doing now. Those young things. So for me, so I grew up skateboarding, I've been in, in the music art, I've always been able to bring people together. You know, you guys, Scott, you've known me my whole life. I've always had a posse of friends. Mm -hmm. We've always skated. Mm -hmm. I've grew up around the, the um, concerts and music festivals. Not only that, my brothers were involved with and my, my dad was producing. And then later, once I got into high school, I started producing my own concerts or mm -hmm. my own um, high school parties. And yeah. they weren't a keg in the backyard. Right. They were actually with the DJ lights, nitrous takes and LSD and mushrooms and other things. I mean, yeah. we, were, we were throwing underground parties basically. Um, at a very young age, and then yeah. that learned, leaned into me turn, doing music festivals and the whole thing, and managing skateboard band, uh, 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 skateboard teams, and so on and so forth. So yeah. all these things I was into at a young age, which someone could have said, "Well, now Ryan, that you found God, you need to walk away from the skateboard industry. You need to walk away from the music industry. You need to like literally do. Don't wear tie dyes. Don't. You better cut your hair." Don't wear, you know, this, this look. You need to change it. You need to clean up your act. Mm. You need to be presentable. And now that you're a minister of the gospel, you need to wear a suit and you need to present yourself well to the audience. Okay? Well, me like John the Baptist, I was like, okay, my dad's a pastor because my dad's <clears throat> legitly a pastor. I'm like, well, I don't identify, and my dad's a radical pastor as well, but I'm like, I don't identify as what he's got going on, which I think he's more of the radical pastors. He's not, he's not, um, he's not like a clean cut, like yeah. a suit and tie guy at all by any means. But I was like, no, I believe that God has a call for me individually, just like John the Baptist. He was in line to become a priest. His dad was a priest in the, in the, in the temple, but he, God had a specific call for him and he went to the wilderness and just waited. Mm. And when you read about him, you know, he looked totally different than, than the ordinary guy. You know, mm. he was just a mountain man that lived in the, in the desert and, you know, I guess, I don't know if he had fashion or not. They said he wore a belt and a sack. You know, he wore, he wore belts. I mean, with, with, a, with, a, you know, with some, like, animal hair stuff. Like yeah, I don't know his deal. But he, he definitely didn't fit into the, or, to, to the norm. But my point is, if I would have changed everything, and in the middle of this identity crisis I was having, because I, I was looking at the church going, the institution going, like, I don't want that, but I want Jesus. When I'm reading in the scriptures, I want that. And it sounded like he had all these, these, these disciples, these all, all these different dudes that are all so unique, and they all had different calls, and he used, he used them in different ways. Yeah. And I was like, I like what I'm seeing in the Bible, but God, you've created me. I love music. I love art. I love design. I love electronic music. I love bringing people together. I love the party. I love throwing events like ever since I was young I've been into throwing parties 
right? Events. Yeah, for sure. So I like to party. I love all these elements. But if I would have just shut all that stuff down and been influenced by maybe um, other people around me that were trying to point me into this other direction, Ryan, go to Bible school, go to seminary, or, you know, clean up your act, change this. I don't even know what the heck I would have become. I would have failed yeah. because I suck at school. I don't learn that way. I learn audibly and visually. But not only that, God created me for this unique, the way, I, I'm, the way I'm uniquely designed, he's using me in these areas, in music culture, in skateboard culture, throwing parties. And even the way I give, deliver the gospel and the message it's a unique way that's that the that this generation is Gen Z and millennials are are absorbing. Mm. And and I want you guys to speak into this because this is a very serious thing. Because I, as I was talking to my friend yesterday, Steve, I was just telling him that like this is a pivotal point for someone that finds gives their life to God. Because what's gonna happen in that first year could literally launch you into your call or lynch, launch you into a call that you were not called to. Yeah, for sure. We've heard Chuck Smith talk about this many mm -hmm. times. You know, we don't, we don't, don't be someone you're, tr you're not trying to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People try to mimic people yeah. and they're not even who they were created to be. But God, I believe if you walk in your calling, who he created you to be, that's where you're going to shine. Mm -hmm. And Scott, I mean, you're a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. You've been a youth pastor for a long time. You're 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 hyper. You're a spaz. You're you're a skater. You're a surfer. You're a snowboarder. You shoot guns. All these different things. This is like high school parent, high school ministry parent. Like this is what you <laughs> totally. This is this is what this is what what makes you shine in this ministry. Right. It's so funny you said that you you were, you were touching on so many things that kind of like uh, brought ideas. I remember. Uh, I was only going to the church, your dad's church, when I got saved. And you remember, I had really long hair. Yes. And uh, I literally, like, walked off the beach in San Clemente, moved back to Inland. Weren't you working at a skate shop back then? Yeah, or? I, was, I, was yeah. actually, I was actually working at a skate shop and fixing surfboards and snowboards at night as my, because I quit my job. Yeah. Because the Lord told me to quit my job. Right. And um, so I quit my job, and I was doing that on the side. And I, so I had all these expendable hours. So I was spending all this time at the church. I just wanted to be around the church. Mm -hmm. And I remember I walked in, if you remember at that time in the corner of the churches where like your brother and all the, all of us hung out, Pat and all these guys hung out. It was like this corner of the mm -hmm. church at West Covina and all the long hairs and the surfers were in this one particular mm -hmm. area. And I remember I got there late after closing the shop one night for the study and I went in and there was no seats, you know? And so an usher stopped me and uh, he's like, you need a seat? I'm like, yeah, I need a seat. He's like, yeah, it's cool, man. And I just started to get involved in the church and he kind of like was whispering in my ear and he said something to the effect of like, hey man, that's really neat that God's starting to use you again. You're starting to use your life. And I said, yeah, it's cool, you know. He's like, all you gotta do now is, is cut, out, cut all that hair off and pull those earrings out and God's really gonna use your life. And I remember, I was already frustrated and yeah. I was new, I was only like a year in the Lord. Yeah. I told, I, and literally walked out. I walked out of the church, didn't come to church for like almost eight days. So did that, okay, so that situation, yeah. did that confuse you? Did now, were you going, yeah, okay, totally. wait a minute, maybe, yeah, no, totally. maybe I do have to well, do Well, you know what confused me is because I was reading through the Gospels, yeah, and I was looking at like Peter and John and all these guys, and they were just like normal, they were fishermen, I mean, what do fishermen look like? Mm -hmm. They have short hair with a little suit and a tie, and like, yeah, let's yeah. go fishing. Yeah. These guys were like, they were outdoor savages, yeah. you know? And Jesus pulled these guys from where they were in the world Kind of like the, the mm -hmm. book Harvest, and just use them mm -hmm. 
where they were. So what I was seeing in, in the Gospels didn't jive with what that, what that guy told me. Mm-hmm. And I literally was so conflicted. And this, this really happened. I went to the church, and at that time on Saturdays, they would clean the chapel. Mm-hmm. They did all the work on Saturdays before the church service on Sunday. So I walked in there on a Saturday, and um, there were vacuum cleaner. I walked in the main foyer, if you remember. Yeah. And there were vacuum cleaner cords everywhere and vacuum. I heard music going on in one of the bathrooms, and I didn't see anybody. And I remember walking in on a Saturday. I just wanted to talk to somebody because it really bugged me. And I, I didn't want to stop coming to church because of this guy. Mm. And I remember I go, hey, anybody here? And Pat Carroll. Pat, Car- Pat Carroll walked out. At that time, he had shoulder-length hair. Yeah. He had his headphones. Oh, yeah, what's up? You know? and, yeah. and I'm like, you work here? He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm all, no, nah, it's cool. He's like, did you need to talk to somebody? I'm like, no, I'm good. I saw he had long hair, and God was using him. I walked out, and I was done. And that was it, yeah. And I remember, to this day, yeah, that, he, he, that... He's on staff. Yeah, he was at the staff time. And I remember uh, this usher guy, this usher guy, after that happened, like, I never talked to the guy after that, but he's no longer serving in ministry anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, forward fast many years, I don't have long hair anymore. I pulled the earrings out, but that's just... I just outgrew that for my own personal life, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like, But the crazy thing was that... That was who I, that's who I was then, and I'm the same person now. Yeah. My external mm-hmm. has changed, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if I were one of those guys that were going bald earlier, that'd be mm-hmm. a different story. I mean, yeah. but it's not, I'm still the same person inside. Yeah. So, but, but I like what you said about the, you know, like the music and the culture, because like I went through that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I grew up and, and I was in the surf industry a lot and, and the snowboarding when it was taken off and everything, and that was a whole genre. Mm-hmm. It was something that was new. And to pull me out of that all of a sudden. And I remember your dad saying like, you know, you're not going to be able to do these things all the time because, you know, I was at the church all the time yeah. serving as a youth pastor. I didn't know that like I was going to be on lockdown basically. So I wasn't going to go traveling during the winter seasons and I wasn't going to go to, you know, to, to, to these snowboard camps anymore. I wasn't going to be doing that. Yeah. I couldn't take off to Fiji or to Hawaii or in those places anymore. And I was like, wow, I felt like I was on lockdown mm-hmm. and I really struggled with like, who am I? Like I didn't fit in the church especially um, West Covina. I didn't grow up in West Covina. There's a lot of different types of people. And I struggled with that. Like, who am I? I? I didn't fit in the church. And at that time, there were a lot of different churches. Like if you were gang members, there was gang member church. There was biker churches. There oh, was like, God, and I didn't fit in any of that. I was like, ah, it doesn't fit. I don't know where I belong. And the Lord just showed me, you know, he started beginning to mold and shape my character and, and, and who I am in him. Mm-hmm. Like, you could still do the stuff you do. You could still be that person. But I have a, like you said, I have a purpose and a plan for your life. And, and I like what Romans says. He says, you know, do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and, and Sean said it. The more he began to, to press in to the things of God, those external things didn't mat- matter so much anymore. God began to change his tastes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Still love NWA. Still mm-hmm. love Beastie Boys and all that stuff, you know. And I love that that genre of music and, and what we grew up in. It has a lot of nostalgia to it. But when you're listening, it's yeah, like, not but today. There, but there comes now to where the yeah. work of the Holy Spirit is that, you know, when you're listening to this stuff now, it's, it's like, like that it, stuff. Like, yeah, it doesn't that, feed me anymore. You can't do it. Yeah, no, it, it actually, it actually empties you. Yeah, like, exactly. When you're exactly. done listening to stuff, it it, it empties. You, and yeah, that, that's yeah. part of the identity crisis is that God is, he's doing that work in you. Like, don't, don't get discouraged. Right, right. Don't get discouraged. Um, I heard this quote the other day. God doesn't want to ruin your party. He wants to invite you to his. Mm, I like that. And, and, but I think that the biggest thing with the enemy, if, can you look up Galatians, uh, you know, where it talks about the, the, yeah, the spirit of the flesh. Galatians we're we're going to read it in a second. But, um, but I think the biggest thing that Satan has 
on the church, how he discourages new Christians and Christians is that he wants to deceive them to let them know that God wants to ruin them, ruin them, uh, ruin every experience to have fun. Yeah. That when you give your life to God, it's a bunch of rules and regulations and you can't have any fun. You can't go out and you have to disconnect yourself from the world. But Jesus says, be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And that is the whole reason why there's so many, these young kids are running from the church. Yeah. Because, oh, now you're a Christian? Well, why are you dressing like that? Right. Why do you listen to that music? Why do you do that? And the kid's like, because I'm young. I got green hair. I like this music. I like this style of music. Well, does it edify the Lord? Yeah. Like, Hey, dude, let me put a camera on you. Let me watch you 24 hours a day. Does it edify the Lord, everything you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we can't over-spiritualize everything. God created this world. Not every secular band is uh, from the devil. Okay? I've met a lot of, you know, there are, you got to look up in bands. And I'm, and I'm not endorsing to go listen to a bunch of secular music. The majority of it is garbage and has horrible lyrics. Just listen to it. Mm. But I'm saying is like there are other bands that that are actually out there that are just writing good stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that that's okay music. So that's the other thing too, and it might be shifting a little bit. But you said something that that triggered my mind because when it comes to people growing up, maybe growing up in the church, just growing up, you know, in general, trying to find out what they're called to do. Some people think like people will put like a, a burden on them. Okay, you gave your life to the Lord now. You know, now you go to Bible college or now do this. You know, maybe you're going to be a pastor, whatever. Maybe go to the mission field. Not necessarily for some people. Yes, for some, but for some, no. Like yeah. maybe God's called them to be like our good friend, like whose kid is a legit wrestler. Like, dude, go to school. Like, dude, be an impact like where, where you're at. When it goes to... Um, other sports where it go, you know, I, I remember the, the interview we did with Vitor Belfort years ago where people gave him a hard time. Okay, you gave your life to the Lord now. Like, you can't be a fighter. You can't yeah. be a user. You really punch people in the face. Like, you should be doing that. Like, and his, I love his response back. He's like, you know, what do you, what do, you do? And the guy's like, well, I'm an attorney. And he's like, attorney? He's like, what kind? He's like, defense. He's like, and you're a Christian? <laughs> like, he, he flips it on them. Yeah. Because a lot of times we put our own either conviction to what we think somebody should be on other people. We shouldn't do that. Like, God has made us special. He's made us individuals, and we are called to fulfill the call of God in our lives. Like, Ryan's different than, than I am, and I'm different than, than you. We need to find out who we are in Christ. Now, this is the other thing, too, yes. because you're battling with things like in the world, like in the church, but you battle with it in the world, too. A lot of yeah. people do. A lot of people do. Yeah. You go through high school, there were guys that I remember, like, every semester they were had a different identity. <laughs> you know, yeah. now they're a Hesher. Now they're this. Mm -hmm. Now they're that, you know. And you're trying to find yourself. Mm -hmm. People are trying to find themselves in the world, too. You know, they're trying to blend in, so they're getting hammered. They're getting high. They're getting drunk. And they... But actually, they were called to do, they, were, they were, should have been something else. Yeah. Um, I found out my identity. What's that? I just like to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what I'm saying? So that, that, that aspect that people have, like in high school, yeah. sometimes it follows them through, through the church or whatever. They're, they bring you in, into bondage. You become a hindrance in your life. But when it comes to like 
your giftings, your yeah. talents. Like I believe God, God will use well, them. What, what we were just talking about that. We were watching that thing on YouTube of those people that are pretending to be something that they're not, mm-hmm. you know, as they're quote unquote preaching the gospel. And yeah. that's kind of another aspect of yeah. that. But I think, for, like for young people, I, the identity crisis is huge. And you guys know it is. You you spend a good portion of your high school years trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get saved and you got to do it all over again. Like really, instead of just like settling into be you and just love Jesus and let him, let him transform and change you into what he wants you to be. You know what I mean? Like, like one of the things that like I love about being a Christian is like, and it's weird because when you were not a Christian. You couldn't think about any of these people that you hang out with in the church. Now, you would not jive with any of those. Mm-hmm. But as you come into the family of God, you realize that there's so many different varied types oh, of people. Yeah. And you hang out and you jive with them. Like, you'd be hanging out with, like, an old dude, you know. You'd be hanging out with a young cat, you know. And they all love Jesus. And they're, like, the, you would never hang out with people like that. But in the Lord, you have this, like, this beautiful community and this beautiful unity. And, and it kind of makes it cool. And that's yeah. exactly what we were talking about um, we're all created individually mm. and that's what I'm trying to get across here on the show is that during this identity crisis you have to go Christ is going to show you who you are and you're not going to be like anyone else mm. so don't don't try to mimic people yeah. be comfortable in your own skin and how you become comfortable in your own skin and your call in life is find out what Christ is about you and what he designed you to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you're trying to find your identity and act like other Christians and other musicians and other people, you're going to, this is where the insecurities come. Mm-hmm. This is where the self-doubt comes. This is where the fear comes. This is where all the anxiety, the depression, yeah. and all these things, because that's not what God created. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! That's not what God created you to be. He didn't create you to be like these other people. He created you to be you. And that's, once you find out who you are mm-hmm. in Christ, yeah. not who you are without Christ, who you are in Christ, then that's where you're going to be bold. That's where the secure, you're going to be feel secure. <laughs> that's where you're not going to have these, this anxiety, be depressed, have this, you know, just all these things are going to change. You're going to feel literally complete mm-hmm. when you find who you are in Christ. Yeah. This is a big conversation. I'm telling you, this is a real thing. And going on this whole identity thing, too, because we've, we've talked about this on, other, on the other shows last time we were here. You know, like people identifying with what they feel and what they think, and that becomes their identity instead of, I'm a Christian. I'm this and a Christian. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before, too. And we, were, we got in a conversation about it yesterday. It's like, identity is not what you feel. Identity is not what, what culture uh, dictates to you. You look at Jesus, you spend time with Jesus, you become more like Jesus. He become, You become like him and him like you. He even says, like, basically, we're reflections. I was up in the high desert the other day, and um, we went out to, like, a thing with the kids. And You are in me, and I am in you. Right? Yeah, it, but, but basically, if you stop and think about God's creation, he even says it, and, and he says that his, all of his creation is to point back to God, right? right, everything he does. 
So we went up to the high desert, and this time of the year out in Joshua Tree. You went to Joshua Tree? Joshua Tree. Was Dude, dope. I heard about that. It was that. so dope. It was How cool. did we not know? Did you go? It was really cool. No. No. It, it was, it was, it was really stinky, awesome. Uh, high school oh, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to go without <laughs> this high school. No, students. we took like 75 people up there, and we just all we did was go up there, and once they saw the midnight sky, and I just I shared out of Psalm 19 about you know the heavens declare the glory yeah, of the Lord. Yeah, that's sick. But the cool thing about it is when you dissect it, he literally says that he writes the history of his people in the stars. Hmm. And I've heard uh, oh, countless right. Bible studies talk about it. But the way he designed the earth, the sun is re representative of God in the sense of like he comes out, he's full of glory, nothing outshines him. He, he, he is the beginning and the end of every day and, and, and everything, right? Oh, he's, yeah, he's the yeah, Alpha yeah. and the Omega, yep, right? Yep. And then you see like the moon is, is like us. In other words, we don't have any light of our own. We only reflect the light of the sun. That's dope. And then the stars are all the hosts of heaven. And, and so I was making this illustration, right? But it's so funny because so many, so many people today, they're not reflecting Christ. They're reflecting the culture around them. And yeah. they're saying, this is what I am because, because this is what culture tells me I yeah. am. Instead of becoming like God, you know, become, becoming sons and daughters of God and letting him recreate you from the inside out. Because the Bible says old things have passed away. Yeah. You're not the same person I knew when you were a kid. No. I mean, there's a lot of aspects that are the same, but there's some things that are completely night and day. Well, well, what are they? And this goes back to... Yeah, what we're, well... We're, 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 I mean, I'm saying this is what goes back to what we were talking about. Okay. Is God get created those, those desires yes. and those gifts and those talents. Right. All those things are the same. Yes, absolutely. But all the other stuff changes. The so nature, the, way, the spiritual nature. Yeah, so the way God created you yes. from the beginning with all those desires and those talents and those gifts that you that, right. were, that were into... Sean still thinks he's a quarterback. Yeah. He still player. thinks he's a baller, yes, a baseball yeah. player, a baller. No, yep. he is. You know, and an R&B singer, but he can't sing. Yes, <laughs> but I'm saying he's still 100% he's still yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. You still skate, you still surf. Yeah, still you know what I mean? Yeah. Shooting guns, skating, yeah. surfing. Yeah. Like the, all those, those things, things that God created, we're, we're, we still have those things in us because yeah. God created us with those from the beginning. Right. You, you know what? And that's important. You bring up that, that aspect. And as we're talking about that, that's what I'm thinking about. I, when I came to the Lord in those first couple of years, I remember being so focused on what God was doing in my life. A lot of those things that were like my interest really took a back seat. Like, mm -hmm. And I was, a, you know, before I got all caught up in drugs or whatever, I was a sport guy. Like, I played baseball for years. Yeah. That was what I was pretty good at. Then I liked other stuff. But I knew, like my kids do, I know all the stats. I know the but history. You know, all when that you were drinking stuff. a lot, you oh, were yeah. at bars watching games all the time. All the time. I knew everything that was going on. <laughs> yeah. So I was like a stoner jock in, yes. in, in a way. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then as time went on, and like I didn't know who was the best team in football. I didn't know what was going on in baseball. Those things kind of took a back seat. I was so focused on the things of the Lord, and I almost felt like, like I didn't want. It, and it was a good time. There's a time of separation. Yeah, for sure. And like, but and then sometimes people feel guilty for like liking some of these interests or this entertainment or whatever. But you know what? It's a niche that I have because for me, I look at all that stuff from a different perspective. And in in the Lord too, there's aspects why because in sports there's there's leadership, there's competition, teamwork. There's yeah. there's lessons to be learned that like are very valuable to me who I am. And then as, but dude, I love UFC. I, I love MMA fighting. I love competition like that. I, I like the whole story behind the, the whole aspect because people are driven. Like, they're giving their lives for this stuff. But all see, all this stuff's in the Bible, too. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. these illustrations. Paul talks about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, this is all, this is the thing. God created mankind with all these 
elements. Yeah. Because this is the thing, and I want to say this because me and my wife had this conversation like when I was on vacation a few weeks ago that you know somebody had a post and it was a legit like um, Christian Instagram. I won't say what ministry it was, but it was a ministry, and basically it said like point zero 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 one percent of kids make it to be an MML, uh, MLB star, a major league baseball player. Mm-hmm. Put your kids in church. And it's funny because, yeah, that might be true, you know, but it's read in a way of like, don't let your kids get involved in sports because yeah. it's a waste of don't time. Don't build up their hope. And like me and my wife got in this conversation and she was like totally like, it kind of grieved her. Like, seriously, like, like, do you know how many, like for me, baseball with my kids has become my mission field. Mm. Everyone knows me in the community. Like I've built relationships with parents and kids and all that. So I don't look at it as a waste. And the aspects that, that are being built into your children or even in you, I think are very valuable. It takes me into the ministry. I, I learned leadership aspects. So when, I'm, when I am talking about all these issues that we're going through in the world and what kids are being inundated with, whether it's like eight years old, nine years old, 11 years old, I'm coaching kids that are eight years old, nine years old, 11 years old, 12 years old. And so to me, it's a very valuable time in my life. And I'm thankful over the last four or five years, that's kind of been like revitalized in me and having that focus and drive. And I'm actually good at it. It's like a gift. It's a talent that I have to be able to communicate and organize and administrate like teams. But also at the same time, it's it's therapeutic for me. It's fun mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm not able to balance my ministry life as well. And that's the way God created us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing is that when you find that f- perfect balance, when you're when you're at this point, when you give your life to God and you're looking at your life, which are all these things that are that have been fun to you. Yeah. And then you got the Holy Spirit working in your life. He's not telling you to change everything and throw everything away. Yeah. What he's tr- what he's going to do is he's going to go through and he's going to filter. Right. He's going to filter the things of the flesh yeah. versus the things of the spirit in your life. And he's going to do is he's going to rip all that stuff out, all those things of the flesh out of your life so you continue mm-hmm. involved in all these things that you've been involved with, the things that bring you joy and happiness. Me, dude, I love skating like i'm literally and i'm talking about skateboarding not yeah. not roller skating um, <laughs> i like roller skating. Um, like for me like i get up i i listen to a couple bible studies on k-wave on the radio i read my devotion and then i head to the skate park and i listen to study on the way there so i'm studying i get there i shred for like an hour it's been hot in the summer shred for like an hour i get home and then i'm like dude i got that i exercised but I don't even look at exercises because you, you won't see me in a gym. Yeah. But you'll see me skating or surfing, right? So um, I did that. And then I can go back and I'm like refreshed. And then I want to dig in more into work. And you just have clarity. It's like that balance. Yeah. It's like your outlet. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But it's like, it. but everyone everyone has that. Yeah. And if you just, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine just getting rid of all that stuff and then just trying to just do all ministry stuff or, or just get rid of all that fun stuff. That stuff's an outlet yeah. to watch a movie. Yeah. I get creatively inspired when I go see a movie or I go to a concert. I see, you know, all these things inspire me to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, no, I agree. You yeah, know, and, and, you know, I want to add to that. You said the word inspire and, and that, that word literally is to start a fire from within. That's mm-hmm. what the word inspire means. But where does our inspiration come from? It comes from our master passion to follow Jesus. And I think, 
Matthew 6 talks about it. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, you put all your emphasis into seeking God, loving God, serving God. And he says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Like like you said, he puts them all in order. He he removes the things that don't need to be there anymore. He takes away your desire for some of those things anymore. And then he increases your desires for other things that can be used for him. Like... Okay, you have this ability to organize people and, and, and love getting people together and throwing these productions. You think he's not going to use that? That's a talent. Yeah. That's a talent, you know? Gifts are from the Holy Spirit. Talents are something you're born with, like yeah. your desire to, like, I, I'm drawn to the ocean. I love the ocean. I can't see myself ever living far away from the ocean. Yeah. If I do, I'd like, I would die. And so that's something that's inside me. Not, not a lot of people would, would even understand that. Yeah. They wouldn't understand that. But to me, that's who I am. And it's like to try to change that would be almost like removing an arm from me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't think God's going to call you to do something like that. He's going to use you in the space and, and, and in the calling that he has for you. And for us, all of us, they're all uniquely different. And I think and I love that because your dad said that to uh, the very first thing I remember hearing him say that that I memorized was that God has a call and a purpose for everybody's life. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like something he just said to everybody. Mm -hmm. He does. He says it to everybody because God has a purpose and a plan for every person's life. And every young person, I tell them that. I tell them, hey, do you know that God has a a plan specifically for you? Mm -hmm. And when you tell people that, they kind of light up like, really? Like, I don't know what it is. God does. Now you seek him, and he's going to put it all in order. He's going to show you what he's got for you. I've heard your dad say the same thing as he was a gnarly guy, you know, a kung fu guy. And that was his niche. That was his job, basically, Mm -hmm. and something he was good at. And then when he gave his life to the Lord, he, he had this moment where, you know, he's all focused on the things of the Lord. He's like, he almost left the Then he was like, God's taking my kung fu from me. Maybe it's like bondage for me and not doing it no more, you know? And now he's becoming a full-time pastor and all that kind of stuff. And now those things are taking the back seat. But as years went by, what happened? Like God started using his talent in kung fu to do demonstrations. You know, he did classes here for years and had been, been able to be like a, a staple to right. his ministry. Over I the benefited years as well. from him from yeah. that, you know, like for sure. It's, it almost seems like God wants you to like, he, he, it's just like a matter of our heart. So like, it's a refining. You're, you're like, yeah. all right, God, like I like skateboarding and surfing and throwing concerts. And, uh, I like working with music and skateboarding industry, but here you go. I'm going to give it to you. And you just hand, you know, hand it to him. And then he goes, okay, thank you. All right, I'm going to give it back. He just wants to yeah. see. Yeah. All, it's like all God wants to see is like if you truly mean. Are you willing? Yeah. Or you just hold on. No, this is all this. I got all this. This is me. And and he just like, that's he just a, wants to see. That's a good point. Will he, just hand it, will he just hand it over to me? Yeah. All right, God, you know what? You're None of these things are going to be little gods in my life. But I'm going to just give them to you. I love you. And I know that all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. And I know that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... That's what the scripture says. That's what you say about me. So here you go. I'm going to give you everything. Not my will. Your will be done. And then you're like, you got it. And then you wait. And he has it. And he's holding it. And you're just like, cool, you got it. And he's like, all right, here. I'm going to give you the skateboarding back. Uh, I'm going to give you surfing. I'm going to give you uh, doing events back. And it's like all of these things, he starts giving it back to you. Because he wants to see, number one, if you're going to bow your will. In this identity crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. not get discouraged. And then going to that verse you were talking about. Yes, yeah, 633. Seek first the kingdom yeah. of God. Um, yeah, I think that um, we, listeners, we cannot get discouraged. Mm-hmm. We can't get discouraged in this. We have to know what God says about us. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness, mm-hmm. right living, holiness, and all these things will be added unto you. you. Yeah, absolutely. So what that looks like is you just got to keep seeking his will, surrendering, lifting that white flag. That's the true way to worship is to lift that white flag and surrender. Say, God, not my will, thy will be done. Bow your, bow your will. It's a heart issue. It's our heart posture. Bow your will to him. And um, what he'll start doing is in his timing, he starts laying out your life before you. Mm. I know you, mm-hmm. I know you mm-hmm. and me mm-hmm. and my dad, everything that we were doing in the world before that wasn't a work of the flesh, you know, um, we're all doing that now again. We're still working in those areas of our lives mm-hmm. and we're doing much more and for his glory now and it's and all everything well, everything we yeah. do in our life represents the king yeah, uh, yeah. right wherever you go you know you brought it you brought, i like that illustration you brought up um about here lord here you take all this stuff and then he gives it back to you that's what he's done from the beginning of time the story that comes in my mind as you say that is um abraham and isaac that's the whole point that's the whole story one of the most important stories in the bible in genesis chapter 22 Abraham was called to be a man of faith, trusting God, leaving all of his surroundings, his upbringing, coming from a pagan world, and now he's called to walk with God and says, through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. But at the moment, he didn't even have children. He was older in age, and his wife was getting older as well. And then he you know, took things into his own hand. I won't go through all the details, but he eventually has this promised son, and then God says, I want you to take that son, mm-hmm. the one you love so much, the one you love, the first time the word love is found in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 22 between a father and a son. The son that you love, take him up to the mountain and I will show you what you must do. Mm. And Abraham took that journey up with his son as he was a young adult to sacrifice him. And you're like, what? Mm. What is going on? But it's always, always a step of faith because Abraham said to the guys that were walking with him, me and the lad, we're going to come back. And he went up to that mountain. He, the, his son says, we got everything, Dad, but where is the sacrifice? The Lord will provide himself a sacrifice, Abraham says. He goes up there. You know, the, the, the son is prepared. And then an angel of the Lord stops his hand and says, Abraham, stop. For now we see, now the Lord sees that your faith is true. Mm-hmm. Your faith is accounted for righteousness. Yeah. And you're not holding anything back. He says you you don't know, want things yeah. in your life that are going to hinder you. Yeah. So some things that like you feel are like your own identity, you know, and like I'm going to do things my way and that's it. Sometimes it owns you. Mm. Sometimes it hinders you. But when you give it to the Lord and you put, as you just said, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you put God first and all of the other things kind of find their own compartments in your life. And then you have peace with God. Yeah. You're able to be used in powerful ways. Yeah. I so think, it's I, I think that's the important. Everything, that's sur- everything's surrendered to the Lord, and, and He gives you back ten hundredfold. He that, always does. That's everything in our life. Everything. That's mm-hmm. that's seriously. I mean, there. I can't tell you so many situations that you, I'm driving and I'm praying in the car about a situation where, like, I want something so bad mm. uh, for for whatever reason. Maybe it's like you know, man, God, we want to do this music festival, or we want to do this other event, or. We want to do a hundred school, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, you want it so bad and you want to control it and take it by the horns, mm-hmm. but then it just comes to that place where you just got to continue and just be like, you know what, God, I want it, 
but you already know that. Yeah. But you know what? If it's your will, mm. it's going to happen. Mm. So I just give it to you and you deal with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, dude, yeah. it's like and that's a matter beauty. of time within a week or something or a couple of minutes later, something happens. Be and, who, I, I just want to say this. You've got to be who God's called you to be. In ministry, you got to be who God's called you to be. Don't put on the front and try to be somebody that you're not. I tried we, to be we've raw talked, forever. We, we've talked. We've talked about this, like people kind of trying to do like an outreach, and they're going to like a skate park with worship music and stuff, and they're mm. not even skaters. It doesn't mm. make sense, you know. You want to go like you, Ryan's not going to go to be a, a baseball coach. He doesn't know know anything about baseball. Does that's not his genre. That's not his world. Yeah. You know, and the same thing with you. Like, mm -hmm. there are things that are different about us, and we just got to be stay in our, our lane of where God has mm -hmm. blessed us and used us. I, yeah. I want to add this with the whole uh, getting involved, too, because this is, this, is this is all about finding your call as well. Mm -hmm. There's so many awesome things you can do. You know, in the Christian language, they call it serving in the church. There's so many things you could do that are outside. Like, I have friends that actually go to the parking lots of raves and they set up with RV. Mm -hmm. We've had them on the show before. They're called Plur Ministry. Yeah. And they basically sit outside and they talk to girls that are coming out, people that are high on drugs and drunk or just wandering the parking lot, you know, got kicked out or whatever. And you know what's so interesting about this crowd that are there? One, one, one guy that heads it up, he's a pastor and his wife, they're older. They, they're not into the scene, obviously, yeah. at all, but they're there. They make pancakes for the kids. They give them food. They get water. They love on them. There's actually cops that are off-duty cops that actually serve with them just because they have a heart for the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, all different yeah. walks of life of people that that these people that are actually serving in this particular uh, ministry, you would never in a million years think that these guys would be involved in this actual uh, ministry doing this stuff. Yeah. Then you got people that are, that are just have a heart for kids, and they go help out at schools. Or then you have people that have a heart for like, like homeless people, mm -hmm. and and you know there's a certain call for that as well. Yeah. But there's all. I mean, maybe you're maybe you just want to be involved with sports and stuff. Maybe mm -hmm. you go and you help out with with a baseball team. Mm -hmm. Just being there, a coach's aide, or yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. Don't limit it to. Being inside of a, a, a building. Oh, no. That'll kill you. I mean, yeah. That'll kill you. you I can't we, stand we that. You have to really... Because this this is also, again, this whole show is about the identity crisis. And you could be like, man, I want to serve God. But, dude, like, really being... Doing all these different ministries that I'm reading about in this church right now, this looks very boring. <laughs> well, because you're not called to that. Yeah. There's others. Get online. Yeah. Look around. There's... Dude, you might just be one of those those, those crazy guys like Scott, and they go, I want to go into Amazon. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? There's a lot of ministries that actually go to the Amazon. Yep. And you're going to go hang out with, like, in the middle of the Amazon in a village with no running water or no <laughs> lights. Yeah. And that sounds dope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. No toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So there's all yeah. kinds. And if you're really crazy, there's yeah. there's people that do ministries that go to Iran mm -hmm. or Iraq. Hey, you want to you see, you know, you want to dodge getting Which beheaded? region, don't go back into the law. Mm. Don't go back into bondage, the do's and the don'ts. Like, be led by God's spirit. And he says this in verse 1. It says, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ Jesus has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Yeah. So it says, yes, in Christ we have freedom. I have freedom. I can do whatever I want to do. 
But then the criteria right there, he says, but don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Mm. Ask yourself, the person that says, I'm free to live how I want. I'm free to do this. I'm free to do this. But my response would be, but does your freedom lead you to bondage again? Because yeah, that's you, not freedom. When you said tangled up, I'm thinking like tripped up. Like think about you tripping. Yep. Tripping up over, over these these things yep. in your walk. They, they mm -hmm. get you caught up. I've heard one illustration of that word entangled is like, imagine going through like a hallway and being entangled with a bunch of spider webs. Like it's just all around you. Like yeah. you're all caught up in it. Yeah. He's saying, don't be entangled again. Like, and this is what some people do. We talked about a friend earlier. Can't decipher between like, these things that are like cool, like good music, you know, the scene of uh, skateboarding or surfing or whatever, but they associate with all just the bad parts of the drugs and the alcohol and whatever, and like, they just link it up to that. Well, it's like going to concerts. Right. People are like, you know, if you go to a concert, oh, well, you can't go to a, like an electronic party or you can't go to a metal concert or a hip hop. Dude, there's concerts. Drugs and bad stuff is everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Have you been to a high school bathroom? Mm -hmm. Dude, they're doing lines of coke inside of a high school bathroom, smoking weed, the, the, the what do you call it, the vapors, and their kids are dropping LSD and ecstasy, Molly, at school during second period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, like, you, 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 you asked that question. I, I feel like it's, it's as simple as hearing God's voice. That's all I, I would say because that's all that I did. You know, I didn't yeah. have any Christian influence around my life other than your dad and, and Scott, but they weren't with me all the time. I had to work out all my stuff. I'd been in the world deep for 15 years, just like living a crazy life, yeah. the way my mind thought, everything. And it's a process that I had to learn. And I learned it by hearing God's voice. Is it safe to say... The beware of the content that you're putting into your mind. Oh yeah, in your eyes. Yeah, Jesus I, says the eyes, the, the light is the eye to the body. Yeah, Chuck. I stole. I stole the thing that you used to say a lot, and you probably still say it. But like that, your 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 brain is like a hard drive, yeah. and like you don't want to add stuff to that. So you yeah. just ask yourself, like, do I have freedom to go into this movie or whatever? This, well, dude. If you battle with lust and you battle with stuff with the flesh, like if you're just putting all these images and all the sexual content back into your brain again, mm -hmm. dude, you are adding to the filth in your life. Mm -hmm. So when it? you look at, when you look, and this is why God put these boundaries, the Ten Commandments and all mm -hmm. these things, they're boundaries for us. When you're going out, everything you look at and you listen to, what? I'm going to plug a couple things. So check it out. We've had our app online, the Whosoever's app, for years. Right, at least a couple of years. Yep. It's free. It's you can download it. It has all of our school tours. We are touring the high school system. We went to ninety-eight schools last year, from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen. Mm. I think we've seen twenty, yeah, twenty-nine thousand students plus give their life to Jesus Christ, respond to the gospel in the public school system around the world: Australia, Colombia, where else? Mexico. San Francisco, San Diego, L.A., Toronto, Canada, um, Florida, Colorado, um, Philly, New York. I don't know, a bunch of different places. Mexico. Mexico. I said yep. Mexico already. Yep. But uh, then we also have uh, the Gospel of John on there. If you want to learn about Jesus, punk rock Jesus stories, you can download it there. We have products. We are not a brand, but when you buy our products, it basically funds our, it funds our movement. It funds our high school tours. Keep us in prayer. Pray that God will bring more provision. I want to expand the tour from 98 schools to 200 schools this year. We want to go to double the countries, double the schools, 
And uh, we're ready to do this. So we're just asking God to open up doors. So pray that God will open the gates of heaven with provision and doors for schools for us to continue to tour. Pray for our nation. Pray for the world. Pray for government. And we love you guys. And we will be on the show next weekend. So we'll talk to you then. Peace. Peace out, guys. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.